come with us on a journey to explore Devlin's ever-expanding collection. It's not a collection. Of sewing machines. This is So Many Machines. I'm Morgan. And I'm Devlin. Today we're talking about... The Singer Featherweight. So, tell me about the Singer Featherweight. What's its history? Uh, well, a Singer Featherweight is a half-size machine. And how many Singer Featherweights do you have in your possession at this point in time? Currently, we have yours, mm-hmm. which was your great-grandmother's, Louise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have... She's named Louise, and so is my grandmother. Yes. Um, and then there are two others that we have found on our little explorations um, mm-hmm. that I purchased. But we've seen many, many others, and I believe you've taken pictures of We've seen Every single of one of them that you've found. Let's talk about what is a Singer Featherweight. It was... Uh, designed to be a very portable machine. Now, originally there was a company called, let me see what it's called, uh, the Frederick Osan Company. And um, they made the first portable machine, portable oh, sewing okay. machine, um, in 1928. Now, how much did it weigh, like, as compared to the featherweight, you know? And by portable, I mean, like, really lightweight portable because okay. I mean yeah, yeah. Uh, the machine we talked about last week Beatrice mm-hmm. is also a portable machine and it was 1906 right so, I mean like most home sewing machines if you really yeah but that thing to. that thing weighs like 30 pounds right. or something it's very when they very say heavy. portable they mean some little lady is able to pick it up yeah they mean tiny Tiny, lightweight. Um, and what they did was or some, they... some little old guy, too. I don't want to be... Sure. Person. Person. A, a little person. Or, able you know. to transport it on their own. Yeah. Um, so they um, innovated the aluminum body um, that is characteristic mm-hmm. okay. of the uh, Singer Featherweight. And what it does is it makes it a lot lighter. Wait, are you saying Frederick Oson Company? The Frederick Oson Company did that. Okay, and it was the first with an aluminum body. Yeah, and their um, their uh, machine was called the So Handy. Um, they were... Isn't that so clever? Right? They were eventually bought by Singer. They changed hands a couple of times, I believe, in the 1930s. And at the 1933 World's Fair, mm-hmm. Singer had made some tweaks and adjustments and they uh, introduced the featherweight 221 to the world at that point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And, and that's what most people who have a singer featherweight have. They have a 221, Um, but they were in production from October 3rd, 1933 to 1969, which is a really with very few changes. Well, but they did have that brief period of non-production. Yes. Um, during during World War II, they uh, were not in production. But that was a period of what, like... That, and that is because, of yeah. course, the, um, the federal government told Singer to start producing mm-hmm. something else for the mm-hmm. war effort, mm-hmm. which happened to a lot of different companies. So they were um, not producing... Let me see. I have it written down here. From 1942 to 1944, they weren't making machines. Right. So um, they, uh, but that's a very long production time. That's over 30 years, 37 years, no, 36 years that they were making uh, the Singer Featherweight 221 with very, very little changes except right. for like cosmetic changes and the decals. Um, at some point in the 60s, they started introducing new colors mm-hmm. uh, beside the basic black with gold detail. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so they did uh, a tan model. Oh, the whole um, thing was tan? Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of like tan that I've seen on some of the machines that you have. A similar color. A little bit lighter, I think, than a little um, drab than the slantomatics that you've seen. Um, and then they also did one that is kind of this pale, minty, kind of avocado green, Okay. but it is called a white color. Okay. 
So, uh, it's like, a, I guess it was a pale turquoise is how it's called. Um, but the tan and pale turquoise or white machines. Um, not to be confused with white the sewing machine manufacturer. Right. Um, those were in production from 61 to 69. So they were totally 60s colors. Absolutely. And they were yeah. trying to appeal to a, a new demographic, I'm sure. Because the black the black machines is so iconic. Right. But that was grandma's machine or mom's machine. And for, for like... The boomers, I have no doubt, this was this was intended to start yeah. appealing to boomers. Those colors did not age well. Right. Well, and they, they wanted something that fit their home decor and stuff like that, too. Okay, um, boomer. But we're, I'm not a boomer, <laughs> I'm afraid. Um, but one of the other things about it is that it has a low shank. Now, the shank is where you attach presser feet to the machine. And what is a presser foot? A presser foot holds the fabric in place against the feed dogs, which are little, little oh, moving, oh. little moving teeth underneath the presser they foot. They call them feed dogs because they look like dogs feed. Uh, because teeth. they feed the fabric through the machine. They like they start in the front and they they operate and they pull the fabric through the machine. And so they're called feed dogs feed dogs. I don't know why the dog part, but Just to be um, cute. I'm sure it's not anything to do with being cute. It's probably some sort of name for a type of gear. Okay. Um, if anybody but, knows the answer to why it's called a feed dog. But a low shank means that um, the attachment point where you attach a feed dog or attach a presser foot is um, is a uniform height from like when when you have it raised up, it's a uniform height away from the feed dogs. On all machines? Uh, any low shank machine. Um, oh, okay. Now my industrial machine is a high shank machine. I was just about to ask. Is and, there a high, that you think is a high shank? And you've heard me talk about the slantomatics, and those are a slant shank machine. And we can talk about those more when we Okay. When we explore slantomatics later on. But um, those are the three main ones that I'm familiar with. But as I've been looking at different antique machines, of course, I've encountered different types of presser feet. Um, as you re may remember from yesterday, we looked at a lot of different little attachments. Mm -hmm, and I was mm -hmm. like, oh, I think those are for, for the white machines um, from the white man sewing machine company. And so all of those feet alter the stitch in some way yeah they do different jobs so um on a straight stitch machine which the featherweight is one mm -hmm. it means it only does a straight stitch it does a straight line of stitches um and just and it also has reverse it, it doesn't do reverse or does it, it does have reverse okay. Um, See, I'm impressed that I even knew that. I'm right? So much more. Um, <laughs> and I have owned machines that don't have reverse, and the uh, and Beatrice is one of them uh, that doesn't have reverse. Beatrice, in case you don't recall from our last episode, was a Bradbury... A Bradbury family VS... Oh, that's right. Hand crank How could I forget? Machine. Very yeah. Unique. yeah. Um, so... And she, and she doesn't, uh, so Beatrice doesn't have a system that I recognize as far as presser feet. It looks like, um, she really only takes her foot, um, because I tried on a adapter for a different type of foot and it she, didn't, she, she did not like, she had no interest in it. She was not, she, she was not about it. that life. But I will eventually find machines to use it on. I'm just not sure. Maybe I'll try it on my industrial next and see if it works. Um, but at any rate, um, this is a low shank machine. And low shank machines are still in production today. Most of your home sewing machines will use the exact same feet as a Singer Featherweight, which is really convenient. Um, because you can buy these large assortments of presser feet. And the nice thing about the presser feet assortments is that they'll still work in 
uh, the featherweight machine as well as most of your domestic machines that okay. you can buy. Um, the featherweight did come with a box of attachments that usually came with a couple of little hammer feet, um, a ruffler. So was that standard? Were, were the feet that were included standard? Did you not know what you were going to get? Was it... Um, I, like, I think it varied a little bit. But, but there was something like... There was like six different ones, I think. Um, and you'd probably get uh, four or five of those. And it kind of varied which ones you would get. It, so but, did you not necessarily have a way of knowing what... Was it like a Pokemon gotta catch them all situation? Or... I have no idea. I wasn't alive at that time. When they were in production. Okay. I know that yeah. shocks you. <laughs> no. But I, I'm i not that old. Um, I would guess that the uh, singer salesman would go over all the different um, inclusions. And there's probably deluxe models where... You like could not, get all of them. Yeah, where you could get more things. Sure. Now, now, it always came with a carrying case. Right. Um, which you've seen. As you know, they're adorable. Oh yeah. Um, and they had a little the the first the first ones had a um, tray on the top mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, that was later discontinued in favor of a smaller kind of attachment carrier. Um, but the big tray is really cool. It has places specifically to hold bobbins and yeah. for all the attachments to go. And apparently, at one time, there was a a piece that would fit into the lid of yes. the box um, that uh, like made of corduroy that had different places for the attachments. Oh, um, okay. But I've never seen one. We've looked at many fe featherweight machines. I've never seen one. I guess they're pretty rare. They probably don't hold up well. If you have pictures of one, send them to us. We would love to include them on our blog. Right? I, I've only seen them when doing research on the machines. Um... So, I have a question. Yeah. Are we going to do a episode on feet sometime? Yeah, I think, well, I mean, we could do several episodes on all sorts of different feet. <laughs> okay. Honestly. All right, all right. Honestly. But we could do 10 best feet. Right, or like your favorite feet or, or, or what have you. Let or us the... know what you'd like to hear. Yeah. Um, you know, on a on a straight stitch machine, which I use every day, my mm -hmm. industrial is a straight stitch machine. Um, I mostly just use a standard straight foot. Okay. Um, and I, that's case something because you're a professional seamstress, right? And I have <laughs> probably twenty attachments for it, right. so I can put I whatever can, you want on it. Absolutely, but um, I think I think this week I used a, a zipper foot. Because I've been making masks, and uh, when I put the metal strip in uh, for the nose piece to make <laughs> it moldable, I use a zipper foot along the side of it so that I can get really close to uh, the metal strip, the the yeah. wire that I use without without sewing on top. But of you it. do not do that on a single feather, which which I could, I could, I could. Okay. Uh, if I could find if I could find a zipper foot for it, um, the uh, so some of the things that now the featherweight is an extremely popular machine. The first time I ever heard of it was from my friend Jane. We were talking about machines. She used to work with me um, when I lived in Ohio uh, in my sewing shop, and she was telling me about another place she had worked at where. Uh, her favorite machine ever was a featherweight. It was the first time mm -hmm. I had ever heard of them. And this was probably 20 years ago now. Uh, and Your baby seamstress. Somewhat. So I had never, I'd never seen one and, and never actually played with one until we found your great grandma's machine. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you want to talk about Yes, that's that why I brought it up. Yeah. Well, we can talk about we can talk about that day, or you can talk about the story of right. So my mother recently passed away uh, last year, mm -hmm. and <laughs> Devlin and I have been going to uh, my parents' house, um, where I live part time with my my brother and my father, to 
mostly help clean things out for them because they're a little helpless. And um, we had finished cleaning out uh, the master bedroom closet. Uh, and I guess, but it wasn't in the master bedroom. It was kind of in the fo foyer. Yeah, it was in the foyer. Um, I found a, um, a book. Yeah. There was a book. It may have been lying on the floor or, or somewhere near the front entryway. But you spied it with your little eye. I did. And I saw that it was about, like, the maintenance or, or like, restoration of a Singer Featherweight. And I was like, wait a minute. Nobody would have this book unless they had a Featherweight. And then you saw a case, a certain case. Well, I kind of, I kind of, at that point I was like, huh, I wonder if it's near here. Because if you have the book, it would probably be with the machine. I swear to God, I think you smell machines. I probably do. At any rate, you didn't, you didn't think it was a sewing machine, but we opened the box anyway and there it was. Um, and I was very excited because I had never seen one before in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they are, like, Jane isn't the only one who loves them. They are very collectible because they are super cute looking. They look like a toy. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're that small. They, they weigh... have their little foldy, foldy... Table. table the table folds down so it kind of comes out of this very small box especially if you're a seamstress and you're used to a regular size sewing machine and you see this little box and it looks it's smaller than a file box and you're just like what is this and you open it up and there's this tiny machine folded up Petite, sweet little machine yep um and perfectly perfectly uh, preserved in the case of <laughs> yeah, the decals are in great shape, and all of the little attachments were there. Um, we have a book. But you pull it out, and it is diminutive, um, but solid. You can tell it's a real machine. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so they're, they're extremely portable. But they're yeah. big. Besides being cute and very portable... They also are very smooth and quiet. Yeah. Um, I tested one out one day, and I even sewed through leather with it, like belt leather. Um, and they do a perfect straight stitch. That is what they are known for. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're Don't just... Don't all machines that do a straight stitch do a perfect straight stitch? You would, you would hope. You would think? You, that, that is... And yet, disappointment. And yet, no... They do not. The or at least not as compared to the featherweight. So a lot of machines will just skip stitches. The timing will go off really easily. Especially, I mean, don't get me started on a rant about mo modern machines. You know how that affects me. Do you want to just have a modern machine rant at the end of every podcast? And do a, <laughs> probably, a modern machine minute with prob Devlin. Probably should because they're just, they're awful. And, and I mean hashtag not all machines right oh, wow. they're, they're like they're just um you know if you pay a lot of money you can get a great machine sure you can get a great modern machine uh if you spend a couple hundred dollars you're gonna get a piece of shit that's just and that's fact. sad because a couple hundred dollars is a lot of money for some people absolutely I mean, especially it's, it's for a lot of money for anybody to shell out just Honestly, it's why I tell my friends, um, if you're going to spend a couple hundred dollars on a machine, buy an older machine, mm -hmm. buy a machine that you know has metal parts in it, and spend the money to take it to somebody to get it serviced. Preferably you. <laughs> I no. mean, it, they could, but um, take it to get it serviced. It's yeah. well, it's well worth it, especially, um, you know, I love all sorts of different machines. We, we've seen several different manufacturers of machines while we've been out exploring. Mm -hmm. Uh, the big problem is that a lot of those older companies do not exist anymore and so, it is very hard to get the parts. But Singer, most of all of their machines you will be able to find. 
Um, you can find most, yeah. yeah, because because they even make, the really old ones. Well, and here's the big thing: the featherweight is not a rare machine. It is collectible, no. but yeah. they're they made between three and three and a half million machines in thirty years. Wow! Right, so they and that was just of that model, just just of the Singer two two one between nineteen thirty three and nineteen sixty nine. So there are plenty out there. Yeah, what is rare though <laughs> is the two 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 K. What's that? So that is a machine that was built in Scotland by Singer, mm-hmm. and. It's big thing is that you can remove the table and make it a free arm machine. What's a free arm machine, yeah. right? What? Oh, you're stealing my lines now. <laughs> wow. So if you have a flat table surface where you're sewing, um, that's great for all sorts of things like quilts and anything with long long runs of stitches but what if you're sewing around the end of a sleeve where it's quite small you you kind of have to shift the fabric behind and away from the needle while you're sewing around like on a curve kind of but not not a curve so what a kind of but not a curve <laughs> i mean it's round right like okay. so it's round and you're going around it but if it's really tight and you're and you're on a flat surface, say you're doing a hem or something, right? Um, you have to make sure the fabric underneath, because this is this is a circle, mm-hmm. so you have fabric on top, fabric underneath. You have to make sure that doesn't get pulled into the needle, because you're not so, trying to. So it's sew better it. to have it hang off the side. Well, what a free arm machine does is it makes it so that you can f- slide the fabric around it. It's like, it's kind of like a stump, right? Like a, like a, uh, literally an arm where you've cut off the hand and you just have this like stump sticking out mm-hmm. where you can, where you can slide this item over it, like a pant leg or something like that over it so that you don't have to worry about the fabric being underneath the needle. It just rotates around this arm. Um, I wish I had a machine out that I could show you what I mean on it. Yes, the the wonderful people of podcasting. Well, I'm talking about you, but oh, okay. I can take some pictures and, and show that in our blog post that we'll do mm-hmm. too. Maybe an upcoming um, TikTok video. But this, I mean, a free arm is a major innovation because no treadle machine has a free arm, right? No treadle. The, I mean, it's all that table, mm-hmm. right? Um, most modern machines have a way to remove your table or to make it so that you can operate it as a free arm machine. Um, I used to have a serger even that had uh, a way to make it a free arm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still not sure what the difference between a serger and a sewing machine is, but we'll get into that another time, I guess. I mean, that would be very difficult to explain, uh, just off the off the cuff, <laughs> so to speak. Um, so to speak. Um, so one of the things that I've shown Morgan when we've gone looking for machines is the uh, badge on the mm-hmm. sewing machine, especially on on singers. Uh, they usually have like some most of the older machines that it will be all brass all the way around. Um, and and so you just see this kind of oval medallion right um and it'll say singer manufacturing company but there are special badges that singer did mm-hmm. and the featherweight has because of its longevity it has a huge selection of different badges that were included so when it was released at the world's fair in what did I say? 1934? Which is kind of a big deal to, that, for that to be the machine they took to the World's Fair. Well, was there, it was their initial Offering. creation yeah. of that port- little tiny portable machine. Um, so they had a Chicago World Fair uh, badge Oh, on wow. It. Really? Yes. 
Yes. Like the Chicago World's Fair. Yes. Yes. And I'm sure they only took a certain amount of machines. Um, they probably badged up more than... But those... So when people are looking for a collectible machine, because these are rare, they'll look for like these little details about the machine that they can mm. say, okay, this makes it special because only a few were made like this. So you've got the Chicago World's Fair... You've got the Texas Centennial. What's um, that? That is a <laughs> um, hundred years of Texas independence, I guess. Oh, I thought it was a Centennial machine with a Texas badge. Okay. No, it was the Texas Centennial, specific oh, wow. for Texas. That's awesome. Right? That makes it even cooler than I thought it was. Yeah, because we're in Texas, so that yeah. that would be really cool to find one. Um, then they had the Golden Gate, which was both in 1939 and 1940, mm -hmm. um, for the Golden Gate World Fair in San Francisco. Now, is that badge golden? No. Yeah. Um, I believe that, so, I believe the Chicago is red, has a red ring, um, and those other two might also have a red ring. I thought the Texas one was blue, wasn't it? No, the Centennial, which is Singer's Centennial, 100 Years of Sewing. Um, it has a blue badge, and the Centennial machines are all highly sought after. They were built probably, let me see, I think it's 1951 mm -hmm. is their Centennial. Um, so those machines... Um, are pretty highly sought after too. And I have one. It is not a featherweight. It is a 99K. Uh, and when I saw it, I was so excited. Do you remember? Mm -hmm. No, you don't. Yeah, you do. No, you don't. Yes. Say it again. The Centennial Badge machine that I have. Oh, yes. Yes, I do. That was yeah. the one somebody got for you. Yes, you bought it for me. And we found it in... Because you were debating... We found it in Rosenberg, Texas, of all places. You were debating whether or not you wanted it. No, no, no. Not really. I knew I wanted it. I didn't know if I should spend the money on it. And so you cured that problem, as you have cured many other problems of decisiveness, by just buying it for me anyway. Well, that's you, not that many machines. I think I've only bought you two machines, haven't I? Three. Yeah, but there's Number other three. things. <laughs> there are other things. Yeah, uh, there are. There are other things. Um, I which, guess I guess I'm a good boyfriend. Well, you're yeah, and an enabler. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of an yeah. Enabler. I also have opinions about the number of machines, but <laughs> I still enable. Right, you're still you're still. Even yesterday, we were out exploring at the Spring oh, Antique yeah, like Mall. That. I'm going to call you out on it. Um, at the Spring Antique Mall, we're walking around. I was being good. Um, we saw a number of really great machines. Like, so many. So many. Mm -hmm. uh, You're I made killing the, that pun. <laughs> I know. I made, the, I made the comment at one time um, while we were looking around that they must have a featherweight farm because we saw at least four featherweight machines right. at this mall. At least in all sorts of feet and all sorts of other machines. There was that really cool desk. Yes. Well, so the first the first machine we saw, I guess we shouldn't get into that because I'll just ramble for hours. We'll but, talk about that one another time. But we saw a, several really cool machines. Um, some in great shape, some in really, really and get sad. This, get this, y'all. Uh, she is going to see more machines tomorrow because the antique dealer realized how much she likes machines and is going to lure her. She has four of them in her, her garage. To her garage. <laughs> is going to lure. Literally, Devlin would get into an unmarked car. <laughs> With no windows in the back of a it's... panel van, if it said sewing machines inside. So, tomorrow we are going to a strange lady's garage to meet our untimely deaths, perhaps. She was kind of stalking us through the... the right, because she wants to lure you back to her Right. Garage. 
I think she was bored too, and yeah. we were, um, we were engaging with her, and she was sh- like, she doesn't. She's adorable. She doesn't sew, but she had a couple of different machines. Um, and her husband really us. wants her to get them out of the garage. I'm thinking that's where the pressure comes from. The husband is, is actually much like your boyfriend. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> do you need another machine? No, but I want it. Um. Yeah. So. So it's uh it's been an interesting journey looking for for the variety of machines. But they had a ton and I said they must have a featherweight farm or they're breeding featherweights at this place cuz there's so many. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um what was your favorite machine we saw yesterday? I like that machine that was in the weird desk. In the cabinet? Cabinet. Desk. Whatever it is. It was a very cool cabinet. It was like, I don't know if the legs had been taken off of it or if it was meant to sit on a table or something. Maybe it had like desks up at the front. Or not desks. Legs up at the front. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. It was either cut down. I've seen another one like that listed on... Like Facebook Marketplace. Cut down before. so maybe you can put it like in your lap. No, like maybe on a table or something. Maybe a coffee table. Um, it was it was quite short though. If you were just mm-hmm. going to sit it on the floor, it would be impossible to sew on. Um, that one was a sixty six, I believe. We saw several sixty sixes, and um, it. It was just this beautiful cabinet. It was like all wood, um, and it had a door in the front that had a couple of little trays that nested together, and you could swing them out separately to to kind of look in there. So our cabinets like that are custom made for machine or. Uh, from what, so from what I understand, Singer had a certain like selection of machines and some people will even identify them by number. They'll be like, mm-hmm. oh, that's a number 17 machine, uh, number 17 cabinet. Um, you see, you see certain ones very commonly. I'm guessing they were the, the cheapest to reproduce. And then some of the more fancy, uh, cabinets you don't see as much. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones with like the slender legs and the yeah short little desk part. Are I saw fairly common. I saw a beautiful cabinet the other day. It was like mid-century modern um, design, like a light-colored wood, which you don't often see most of the time. They're right. like the darker woods, uh, and it was beautiful. It had the original uh, sewing chair that went with it, and then in the cabinet, I think it was the slantomatic or something that was in it. Like probably the Rocketeer. So it was just a fabulous setup. Of course, they wanted. Did you see that several the day hundred you dollars went shopping with our friend instead of with me? No, no, I saw it. it. I saw it online. Oh, okay. I saw it online cool. when I was window shopping. No, I I saw no sewing machines when I was out shopping with Heather. Um, because on your sewing machine, luck. <laughs> yeah, you have a good radar for finding them. I think. Uh, but uh, so we have, I have two that I featherweights. Need, two featherweights that I need to fix up. Um, one we found on our adventure in Conroe, mm-hmm. uh, in Conroe, Texas. Um, we mentioned uh, near the end of our visit to this one antique mall that we were looking for sewing machines or we were interested in sewing machines. And the people at the desk were like, oh, we have one here. It just came in. Um, so I looked at that one. And then the, the gentleman was like, oh, I have another one in the back. Um, right, because the first one was too rough for us, I think. No, the first one, they wanted too much money. Uh, they wanted too much money. I and mean, I think it was a fair price, just not for... Yeah, it was just too. It was more than yeah. Yeah. It's too much for like me to collect as a hobby to fix up and and potentially resell. resell. Yeah, Yeah. Um, because I, 
I don't know if I'll resell them or if they'll even work a lot of times. Sometimes I can't even test a machine. So I was like, yeah, it's a little, it's a little too much for me, but it was very cute. It was fun to be able to look at it and test it. He's like, oh, I have this other one in the back. Let me go find it. So he brings out this machine. Um, the case is in terrible shape. It was very, moldy. very, 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 very moldy, very gross. Uh, like a carpet of mold on it. Yeah. When I when I got it home, I sprayed it with bleach. I knew that it could possibly make it worse, but I'm like, at this point, <laughs> how do you get worse than actual mold? So I sprayed yeah. it with bleach and, and cleaned it inside and out really, really well. Yeah, at least um, the mold is dead. The mold yeah. Well, boring. and the fabric that was on the machine is unsalvageable, honestly. Right. So you're just going to strip it? I don't know yet. Um, I saw... I've seen a couple Not of... Not the machines. The case. Yeah, the case. I've seen a couple that have been refinished where somebody's taken the, all of the all of the fabric off and then, like, sanded it down. Done, like, and, a decolletage situation is what you said. Well, um... Is that the word? I don't know now. Decoupage, I think, is the word. Decoupage. A decoupage where you, like, glue glue pictures like on on something and then um uh varnish over them uh but i i've also seen them where they've just taken the wood and sanded it down filled in any any holes glued it back together made sure it was really solid and then just uh put a light stain and uh coated it with polyurethane which is probably what you will do that's probably what I'll try because I would be new to doing it and um, that probably has the highest degree of success. Trying to recover it with fabric would makes the most sense to me, but I think I would suck at it. Even though I work with fabric all the time, uh, covering a box with fabric is a very different proposition than, you know, sewing something. I mean, um, I bet you could do it. But. Ultimately, I've also seen some great patterns for different, like, little carrying bags. And if the box is unsalvageable, I might either buy a new box for it, or I might make a little carrying bag for bag. it. Bag? Yeah. Like a little purse. But how is that going to keep it safe? Well, it's padded. It's padded. A lot of modern sewing machines are transported in bags. Hmm. Um, and you I can have kind of, my doubts. Oh, I see you're very skeptical looking, but I mean, or I might just get like you know one of those one of those pet carriers for the really <laughs> tiny tiny dog. Um, because I bet it would fit in there, and it'd it's, be super cute. It's too. about the size of a tiny dog, and those transport I'd little say dogs. It's tinier than a tiny dog. In some cases. Depends on the tiny dog, I guess. Right. Well, if you grow up with standard poodles, any any dog is fairly small. Fairly small. Um. So so that is one of that was the first one that I actually purchased because Morgan has his gram great grandma's machine, mm -hmm. which you didn't actually tell us. Like I thought we I was saving that for the the uh, family machines story no i podcast. i thought you should tell talk about it we'll get your grandma to tell the story for the family one uh-huh but you could tell the just what you know of the story sure did you have the year of that machine yes it is 1936 so she was born in 1935 right no your great your grandmother What? I thought she got it the year before. No, you're right. She got it right okay. after she was born. So tell the so story. So in 1935. Uh -huh. um, or I guess in... Yeah, 1935. My great... No, my grandmother was born to my great-grandmother. Uh -huh. um, Louise. Um, who is married to a very wonderful man. Uh -huh. um, who loved giving her very... Um, I think specific this, gifts. I think the story was she wanted a sewing machine. She wanted a sewing machine, and, and he he was very much like a, a gift giving. And he one of told his her love what? languages. What did he tell you? Give her? me a daughter. You give me a daughter, and I'll 
Give you a sewing machine. Give you a sewing machine. Because he had two boys. Mm-hmm. He was tired of the boys. Who isn't? He wanted, he wanted a girl. <laughs> He's like, give me a daughter. Then I'll give you a sewing machine. Um, I'm sure he was joking. I'm sure he would have. I'm, I'm just going to venture to guess that uh, Louise didn't use the machine very much. No, Louise did not use the machine very much. Um, I think they actually gave it to um, her mother who used it. Um, wasn't that the story? Yeah. Gave it to her mother who used it a little more than she did. Right, so it was your... Great-great-grandmother's. Maybe? Mm-hmm. Her mother uh, was Lou LaBartha. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so she used the machine. Oh, so the grand... So the... Your grandma's grandma used the machine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then she got the machine. I don't think she sews either. You don't think she sewed on it either? Your grandmother. Oh, yeah. No, because she gave it to her friend for a while. Yeah. And then my mother, um, one day, was like, hey, where's where's <laughs> my gr- grandma and grandfather's machine? And my my grandma was like, uh-oh. Well, our friend has it. Yep. And there was all hell to pay for that. Yeah, she had to get it back, and apparently said friend was none too pleased with uh, handing it over. I think she thought, you know, like many of us who borrow something that is quite nice, it's like, maybe they'll just forget that they loaned mm-hmm. it to me. Mm-hmm. I think that was the little plan. Yeah. Um, But your machine was built... On November 5th, 1936. Just Guy Fawkes Day, and I have promised not to go on a rant. And you're not going to. Guy Fawkes being evil. Which is significantly older than the two machines that I have. So the second machine we found in Beaumont, Texas, mm-hmm. uh, on one of our little adventures. And um, that was a similar story. Actually, at that place, the lady asked us as soon as we walked in the door what we were looking for. And I said, I'm always looking for sewing machines and sewing machine and related stuff. And she's like, oh, I have a little featherweight right here. And so I snagged it because uh, it was an excellent price. And she wasn't sure if it was all intact, but I'm like, I'm going to take it. Because honestly, I was like, hey, the case itself even if this one doesn't work, I can put it with my other machine that I just bought the right. week before. <laughs> right. So it was it was very awesome. But those two machines were 1948 and 1952. So quite a few years after yours. And I think yours is actually in better shape than both of those. Yeah. Just because it was... Um, well cared out. Well cared for and probably not used very much. I think the machines that are used a lot frequently, one, they'll get more wear and tear on the decals and the paint surface. But ultimately, the real damage I see is from machines stored improperly. But we'll get the full story on Louise uh, for the family machines episodes, which should be forthcoming. Yeah, we'll get your grandma to give us us the scoop. All of my little inaccuracies right. will be cleared away. Um, yeah, because I was just remembering what she had told us yeah. over the phone, but I, I'm i not sure of the entire story. Um, but for the two machines that I have, we're looking for names for them. Yeah. Um, so you said, what were the years again? Uh, 1952 and 1948. And the actual dates are August 11th, 1952, and June 18th, 1948. So you know what you should do? If somebody's birthday is the same day, that would be really cool. Yeah. Or you should look at the top music charts. Oh, for yeah. those we can dates see. and years. Yeah. See what the top song was. I kind of feel like I should name one Jane. After, after after my friend Jane, who to- first told me about featherweight machines, yeah, I think that would be pretty. Well, you awesome. still have to contact your friend Jane and tell her that you found.
down. Otherwise. Yeah. Now you're keeping the Centennial Featherweight, right? I don't have a Centennial Featherweight. Oh, that's... It's a 99K. Okay. All right. I know. Far be it from me. I know. <laughs> Morgan is so confused about the machines. Uh, he's always like, I don't really know anything about these. So, I mean, I know a featherweight when I see one. Absolutely. And, well, and you're great at detecting, <laughs> like, attachments. And where they're hiding. Rogue, rogue sewing machines, just, like, being sneaky. Like, uh, Morgan is like my um, my seeing eye puppers. <laughs> <laughs> we, like, he's got, a, he's got a good nose I'm your for feed sewing dog. machines. He's my feed dog. I think we should have a shirt. Yeah, um, with feed dogs on it uh-huh. that says "Good boy." I don't. I don't know that you could uh, get a good enough picture that anybody would know what the hell. See, that's why it would be picture. so clever because <laughs> it would be just for your seamstress. It'd be an inside joke. Um, but yeah, so um, the the machines of that time they have the full size machines, which most people had a ninety nine k. Is a three-quarter size machine, so it's a little bit smaller. It's a quarter size smaller than um, the full-size machine. And then what is a featherweight half size? A featherweight is half size, yes. Wow. So it's even smaller. So you line them all up together. So I have a 201, which is a full-size machine of that same kind of time period, with the 99K and the featherweight, and they're like... You know, big sister, middle sister, little sister. Yeah. Very cute. It would have been, it would be cool to go back in time to the Chicago World's Fair. It would, it would. Um, well, and I mean, Singer was just such a successful business. Mm-hmm. Um, they really, uh, I joke sometimes when we go out to small towns to look for machines, I'm like, you know, you get better prices out in smaller towns because a lot of people have their family machine. Yeah. And they're like, I, yeah, I don't need your family's machine. I already got one. So, right, right. so when somebody, sometimes somebody passes away or somebody just inherits it from, you know, their mom or grandma and they don't know how to sew and have no interest, they'll look to sell it. Not even when they realize what they've got or... Um, well, you know, like, in Houston, there's just more people, so there's more demand oh, yeah. for them. But if you're out in a town of 10,000 people, there's just not going to be a huge demand, so... Right, right. Um, and only crazy people will drive a couple hours to go well, pick up a machine. Are you calling us crazy? Yes. I mean, I mean both of us have diagnosable like, mental health issues, so I would agree. <laughs> like... So we're going to go see um, Four Machines tomorrow, hopefully. If not tomorrow, it'll be on the weekend. Um, She has to unbury them in her garage. And I'm like, can you send me pictures? Because I'm like super curious to see what's over there. But I think we're going to end up just helping her. I think she wants us to clean her garage. I think that's the real deal. I think that's the real deal. Well, if you get it's a a, free... Yeah, right. She's an antique dealer. There won't be anything for free. She did say she would cut me a deal, but all of these all of these machines she has have cabinets. Which means where the hell are they gonna go? I'd need a whole storage unit. No, you don't need a storage unit. You've got room right there. <laughs> I just cleared that corner out. Look, that corner that's an a great incentive to sell some machines, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, with that, do you have anything more you want to say about the Singer Featherweight? Quilters love them. Quilters love them because of the perfect straight stitch. And when quilters quilt, it's all about the top stitch. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all about that perfect top stitch that just, you know, makes all the intricate designs. Not the bottom. Mm-mm. Nope. Morgan is making... Um, foul mouth jokes over here. I'm not. Under under his breath. I am not. Absolutely. I was just talking about something. 
Oh, I forgot. I forgot to mention the other two badges that the featherweight could have is also a black ring. Cool. Um, around the edge, and then at a certain point, they uh, made the S red. Uh, so some of them have some of the later models. What do those indicate? Have a red S. It just is a different age okay. of the machine. Um, and, oh, like I was saying, the 222K machine, the free arm uh-huh. featherweight machine, uh, is a much rarer machine. I don't remember how many were made, but those are the machines that go for the most money. And it's always How funny. much are we talking about? A few thousand. It depends on their condition. Wow. But, um... But what could somebody expect to pay for... I have no idea. Most of them are actually in the UK. Uh-huh. So finding one in the US that's in good condition that somebody's willing to part with uh, would be quite difficult. Because mm-hmm. you're not just paying for at that point physical yeah. cost. You're paying for emotional value too. Well, you're you're paying for the rarity, right? right. They, um, and if you're if you're a collector and you're looking for a certain thing, a lot of times people will pay a premium for that. Um, what happens with a lot of singer featherweights, as I've showed you before, is that um, because their condition is so rough, people will take them, strip them down completely, and do fancy paint jobs on them. Put decals on. Oh, they look fabulous. They they do look fabulous. Like I love the the um, the history in seeing like worn down decals or some wear and tear on a machine and the original paint job. But you can't deny they look adorable. They'll be all of these uh, like metallic um, automotive paints, right? right? So you can get any color. That you would paint a car. So I could get a get green the, featherweight. Yeah, you could get a green metallic featherweight with gold decals. Yeah. All shiny and fresh and clean looking. And you'll pay, uh, it, I think, around $1,500 for one of those. Jeez Yes. Yeah, because yeah, they require a full strip down of the entire machine so that they can be Ooh. painted. And then, um, she's like, baked. There, she's Louise. She's Louise. Because that's the name, name of your featherweight. featherweight is Good thing Louise. you already have a family featherweight. You don't have to go buy one. Right. And so, yeah. kind of the end of that story is I'm going to learn to sew on the featherweight. So, mm-hmm. I'm sure there won't be many a story about my failed sewing attempt. I think, well, I'm what I'm hopeful about is that as you learn to sew, you'll feel more connected with the subject matter. Maybe, hopefully. I mean, I'm pretty connected anyway, just because of your interest in it. But, yep. Um, did you have anything more to say? Um, I don't think so. And I think we'll put some pictures and some information on our blog on so many machines.com. And um, I think that's about it. All right. So this has been Morgan and Devlin from So Many Machines, and we're going to say so long.